Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday and welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. If you are brand new here, hello and welcome to this show. My name is Emily Elizabeth and I'm the host and on this show, I typically have conversations revolving around how to design a life that fulfills you in whatever shape or form that is best to your lifestyle and that is often revolving around the topics of relationships, careers, moving to a new city, and so forth. So on this episode, we talk all about all of it really and it's really awesome Um, but before we dive in I'm going to go into my usual intro which is just sharing either one thing I'm grateful for or how I'm feeling today and today I think I just want to stick to gratitude because it's been such a helpful and consistent practice for me and it really helps me think of I think just life in a bigger picture rather than focusing on the micro, small micro things on a daily basis that can bring us negative energy. So one thing I'm really grateful for just today is the weather. I'm currently looking out of my window in Los Angeles and it is beautiful and sunny and um, the weather has been slightly cooler which is nice because in Southern California it doesn't really have the authentic fall weather that uh, most of us East Coasters would know but I'm just really grateful that it's nice and sunny today as I know it has been kind of rainy on the east coast and um, as much as I love rain I do prefer sunshine so I'm really grateful for that. Moving on to today's guest, I have Dakota Lynn and a little bit about her. She is a minimalist fashion and lifestyle blogger based in New York City with a heart for mindful living and sustainable practices. With an extensive background in photography and videography, her content emulates a neutral and elegant aesthetic, making her online spaces warm and inviting like a cup of coffee. Storytelling rests at the core of her work, and through this, she shares value with her engaged audiences through media and words surrounding minimalist fashion, interior design, and simple living. This conversation was just honestly very warm and inspiring inspirational for me because I have been following Dakota for quite some time now. I remember looking at her content when she lived in Portland and I was just so impressed and was all about her aesthetic and honestly I will admit as well I think she's one of the inspirations for me over the past couple of months where I've started to shift into a little bit of a different focus and niche in my own content especially with a little bit more incorporating interior design and like my actual you know lifestyle and and so forth and so she has contributed to that inspiration but nonetheless she has a lot of great insight on this conversation from just talking about how she made it work during college and just hustling with side jobs and just more on the reality of growing a digital platform online and and, and all that. So I will stop rambling from here on out and we'll just get right into the conversation. 
right, Dakota, we are officially recording. Thank you so much for being on the show today. First off, how are you? How are you feeling? I feel like this is such a important question to ask, especially during this time. So I guess we'll uh, kick it off with that. Yeah, I thank you for having me on the podcast. Firstly, <laughs> I am doing so well. I have been doing quite well this season. Thankfully, I'm, I am, don't take it for granted at all. It's been a very I think it's been a difficult season for us all, but there's so many silver linings and everything. And so um, I've been really just doing my best to thrive and be positive in this season, especially being here. It's just been a really fruitful time for me just to be able to be working from home in New York and be able to go safely explore outside and go to parks and spend a lot of time, you know, distance from everybody, but also just enjoying the city and, um, I'm really grateful just to have a lot of work coming in still and just having also ample time to take care of myself and read books and enjoy the fall. And uh, it's been, I've been saying, I could say I'm doing pretty well. So yeah, <laughs> That's so good to hear. And I can't wait to dive in um, more about your life in New York now, but how about we uh, backtrack a little bit and let's start with your story. Um, FYI, I actually started following you since your life in Portland. So um, it's been really fun watching your journey, but um, can you just share with the audience like your background, how you got started with your career through, you know, your online and digital platforms and so forth? Yeah. So I kind of have like a funny story how I got into this. I feel like a lot of people you meet are like, oh, I wanted to be a photographer or like a blogger since I was like a kid. And I was actually heavily involved in musical theater up until my senior year of high school. Um, so that was kind of how I got involved in the arts, I guess, originally. I was very much a dance, singing, acting heavy kid growing up. Um, and after I graduated high school, I went to apply for all of my musical theater degrees that I was looking to go to in New York and all of the like elite colleges I was excited about. And suddenly like something just did not feel right for me. Um, I don't know what it was, but I just knew that I needed to take a breather and kind of switch gears. And I knew that musical theater was not like a direction I should be going in terms of like a college. And I don't know what it was about it. I still love theater so much and I'm really happy to be able to incorporate elements of it into my life, like as of where I am now. But so after that, I did a lot of crying, a lot of praying, and I took a, a, a step back and I ended up taking a year off of college. And so I ended up traveling around Europe and doing a lot of like self-discovery things like a lot of art projects and traveling and taking photos. And I started to really fall in love with photography. And I told myself I would like never be a photographer growing up because my mom did photography and it's not, I don't know. I just like, I told myself like, Oh, I don't want to be a photographer. I don't know why it turned me off, but here we are. Um, and I started to fall in love with photography in this year off. And I don't know what it was about it, but it was, I fell so, I got so enthralled with the idea of being able to create my own shots and like direct my own projects. And I was really inspired by Europe, especially when I was traveling. And um, so I started to direct my own like editorial shoots when I got back from Europe that summer. 
and um, with my sister and my friends, and I would start to style my own fashion shoots and got really involved in the editorial Vogue kind of side of fashion photography. And I'm somebody who like goes like full throttle in everything that I do. So I was immediately like, I'm going to be the next Annie Leibovitz. And so I learned like everything I could myself about photos and like concepts and hiring uh, people to be the components of your shoots and stuff. And I ended up started uh, reaching out to makeup artists and, um, models and fashion stylists and I started organizing my own like productions and I would do like fashion shoots which were so much fun I was like uh I think I was like 18 at this time um and then I slowly started shifting more to love like portrait photography and so this is like an ever shifting part of my life but I started doing more portraits after that um, and then got into more of like photography business and so I was able to connect with a really good friend of mine Jessica Whitaker who is a photography educator um, and she got connected with me through Instagram which has been my my sole like thing that's connected me with like everybody I know in my industry at least this day um, but we ended up connecting and she took me in as her intern and I worked with her for about a year after that. And she taught me almost everything I know about like social media, photography, how to run a photography business, um, you know, photo editing, everything. And so my work with her was so influential in the way that I go about my business now. But doing that really opened my eyes to the beauty of like social media and photography and entrepreneurship and owning your own business. And so I got really invested in like, I want to work for myself. I want to do social media. Um, and then after that, I kind of delved into like the Instagram blogging community and started doing a lot of, I would post my own work and then I would also post like some stuff of myself and it started shifting more and more. I would post more of myself and I was like starting to realize that I wanted to do more influencing because I loved sharing my thoughts and my style and I was starting to uh, feel a space where I could connect with my audience more by sharing more about my life. And so um, as I got through that and got into college, I ended up um, deciding to go into digital technology and culture at Washington State University, which is a really cool degree that I studied uh, graphic design, social media marketing, video editing, we did cinematography, we learned SEO. It was like the coolest like all around digital media degree that I could ever get. And it was a really cool thing for me because at that point I had just been so all over the map with like what I wanted to do with my life mm -hmm. um, that I didn't know like what, if I went in and got like a fine art photography degree, it would not have been beneficial for me because I would just been so one track. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really grateful to have found that program because I was able to learn so many different avenues of like media creation and um, business management. So I was doing, I did blogging and more like social media stuff part time all through college while I was working at Starbucks and a couple other digital design jobs that I would do on the side. And it was a very busy time. <laughs> I did a lot of things, definitely tired myself out, but um, it was so much fun and I built so much of my work while I was in school. Um, and then that kind of leads up to now, I graduated in May. And after that, we have been struck by this wonderful pandemic that has 
grace to the earth. And so I graduated in the middle of a pandemic with a degree that was pretty flexible. I'm really grateful to have um, a lot of education in a space where I can work online mostly, but I was largely um, not making as much as I wanted with my work uh, freelancing by the time I graduated. Mm -hmm. And so I took a little bit of a season just to like regroup figure out what I wanted to do. And I decided that I really wanted to go like full time with social media. And so thankfully, um, with a couple random videos of mine that had blown up on YouTube that I had posted like months ago, mm -hmm. I was able to um, boost my following on there. And then I had slowly been working on increasing my following on Instagram as well. And by the time I graduated, I was really starting to actively transition into like an income that could support me very meagerly, but like enough, which is so great. Wow. Um, yeah. And then after that, I have just been kind of going all in with YouTube and Instagram. And then, um, sometimes I'll do content creation projects for brands and I do mainly right now I've been focusing on just doing a lot of lifestyle fashion, blogging content, and then lifestyle imagery for brands as well. So, um, yeah, so I, I went to school in Portland, if I didn't say that already. And then, um, this summer I decided I would move to New York because I had nothing tying me down after graduating. And, um, I kind of came on a whim. It was a little bit of a leap for me because I definitely, uh, there was a lot of things that didn't work out in my move here, but there was a lot of things that randomly did work out and I was able to get here on like a shoestring budget, but I got here and I got my apartment and work has just been picking up and it's been so, so lovely just to see how things have been very fruitful since I've been here. So, um, kind of a long winded answer, but that is kind of my story up until now. <laughs> I love your story. Oh my gosh. And thank you for sharing all the, you know, nooks and details of your journey. Cause I think, you know, for most bloggers and creators online, most people don't really get to hear and see that journey along the way. So that's personally why I always like to try to take my listeners through the journey of someone and kind of leading up to where they are today. So I, I really enjoyed that. But I was really curious as well. I know you mentioned you interned with a, another content creator, um, which I assume maybe kind of propelled you into your current work today. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Can you like talk about that? Like how did that influence or, or shape, um, I guess like your specific career now? And like, did you, like, for example, for someone that is maybe in college right now and, and kind of feels maybe 50, 50 towards pursuing a career within the realm of social media, do you maybe recommend them to try interning for a fellow content creator? What's your experience and take on that? Yeah, I would totally recommend it. I um I think there's a really good balance in like knowing your worth and being valued and paid for what you can do, but also there's so much beauty in doing intern work and just serving others because it pays you back so heavily. Um I met Jessica Whitaker who you guys should look her up if you want to. She's an amazing photography educator. I refer anybody that comes to me with photography questions right her way because she has covered everything with anything you want to know about editing, business management, taxes, camera buttons, everything. Mm -hmm. um, we got connected through a campaign that she was doing for somebody that she was working with. And I ended up 
partnering with her for that. And then I connected with her and I asked her about one of her Instagram coaching calls actually. Mm -hmm. And she came back to me and asked if I wanted to intern with her and just learn from her, um, instead of just doing a one-off call. And so, um, I had no idea what I was like signing up for, but I knew I wanted to learn more about social media and, um, photography. And so it was literally the best choice I've ever made. She, we spent a year together and I ended up working as director of operations for her company, build and bloom, which is a photography education group on Facebook. Um, and we also did in-person workshops that year I was with her. And so we were able to work together to organize when in-person workshops in New York, Texas, LA, and I believe that was it. <laughs> but, um, it was, it was the coolest thing. I, I am so, so grateful to Jessica for just pouring her time into me. And I, I put so many hours into my work there, but it was the most fulfilling experience I think that I've had to date in this industry because she gave me so much freedom to explore and learn as I went. And it was a lot of work, but it was so beneficial for me. And I, I wouldn't be where I am today without the time and efforts that she offered me and she allowed me to use there. Um, and I've also interned for a couple other bloggers um, and photographers as well, just doing content for them or doing, you know, Pinterest management or little things like that. And I think that any, any chance that you get, um, as long as it's not like overbearing on your school schedule, your work schedule to learn from somebody else that is in an industry that you're interested in, it's so helpful because you learn kind of the back end of it. And I think that a lot of the careers, especially in this online space can be very romanticized and it's really easy to just make it seem like so much fun, but when in reality, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. And so it's something I try to be pretty transparent about on my pages, but it's also just hard to do all the time. So interning for somebody can be so beneficial just to really learn all the ins and outs so that you know what you're getting into if you want to pursue something. Right, right. And then you also clearly focus a lot on sustainable and mindful living, which I just always, by the way, I love watching your stories and just your content overall. I feel like it's such a, I don't really know know the right words for it, but it's just like, I love your aesthetic. I love just kind of the way it's so raw and natural and just kind of the way you show your overall lifestyle um, and especially for your age. And I've always been curious, where did this initial passion for this kind of lifestyle come from, especially because I find it um, definitely more niche than other creators. I think uh, personally, I come across a lot of, you know, classic like, you know, fashion bloggers and creators, which are awesome. They're doing wonderful. But that's actually why I really like your content because it is so niche and focused on a specific way of living. And so I'm curious um, if you have like maybe a story or a reason behind this kind of content. Yeah, that's so sweet to hear. I feel like I'm always struggling with my niche, especially. So it's really nice to hear that you can see that. Um, I think that it's been a slow process. And I think that going into this industry, I definitely had a very broad spectrum view of things. And I was like, oh, I just want to be a fashion blogger. So I'm going to accept all these campaigns and do all this stuff. And um, But I, 
I think that I, I grew up homeschooled and my mom is very invested in just like natural living wellness. I have been vegan for 13 years. I grew up in a very organic, like very holistic, um, household. And so, um, my love for nature and just sustainability and natural like clothing and small businesses really started when I was a lot younger. Um, I think that very quickly into being involved in this industry, I was seeing how, uh, fast fashion and how, um, a lot of mainstream ways of living, which are not bad in any sense, mm-hmm. just not something that I want to pursue, um, are very, it's very consumable and it's very easy to be a part of. Um, but I realized that, um, I think that when I was sharing posts, I had done a couple posts with some more mainstream brands really early on, just as a product trade. And I realized that it's like, it wasn't really speaking to my heart and, I think that I really have found so much more passion in sharing small businesses and businesses that are doing good in the world Mm -hmm. and supporting the earth and supporting the people that are involved in the business. And that just means so much more to me. And it gives me so much more fulfillment in being able to do the work that I do and help those companies as well. And I think um, it's been a slow process, but I think I've been definitely influenced by people that I've worked with and I have a lot of friends who are in the sustainable fashion industry as well. And I've continually been inspired by um, making an effort to put out a, a voice of sustainability and mindful living. And, you know, I think in, in that, and with that said, I'm always reminding people that it's like, I'm not perfect. You know, sometimes I have to buy plastic sandwich bags or, you know, I have to use a straw at a coffee shop because of COVID right now. So it's like, I am not the epitome of sustainability, but it's something that I think about when I purchase clothes and when I go out to eat and things like that. So, um, I think just encouraging people to be more mindful is, is, uh, the best I can do, but yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's, just, it's a slow process. I'm, I'm slowly learning more and more about how to make a difference with my efforts, but it's been fun to be a part of it and be transparent while doing so. So, mm-hmm. And I'm sure your audience probably really sees that as well, right? You know, just like the authentic way of, you know, you being mindful as much as possible. And obviously all of us are not perfect in, in that regard. So I'm, I'm sure you probably get feedback or at least notice the increase in traction because of that authenticity, would you say? Yeah, it's been really, it's been really great. I've been able to connect and have a really good discussions with a lot of people who will reach out about a brand that I share that maybe they've had a concern about, or maybe a brand that they want to recommend that's more sustainable. And it's been a really good space for me to both learn more about the sustainability industry from my followers and find out about new brands. So I've really enjoyed the conversations that have been started from being able to post these things. And it's been a very like uh, constructive uh, project. So yeah, I, I'm really grateful for my following and for my community. It's, they're so uplifting and I've never, I've never had to deal, you know, it's like, I don't take this for granted. I've never really had to deal with any large negative comments or feedback and everybody's always been very supportive and whenever somebody comes to me with a concern it's always in the most loving way and it's always in support of like a constructive conversation so I'm really grateful for the opportunity to just kindly talk about things and learn more about sustainability along the way so 
Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I do want to dive into a little bit about your YouTube and then other various work that you do because I'm super curious about it. And I'm sure many are as well. Just in just in regards to like freelancing and how you make it work living in New York now. But um, can you dive into like how you started on YouTube and kind of what your niche is there and maybe if like you know what was your strategy behind getting on YouTube and um, how you I guess incorporate it into your work. Yeah. So my story on YouTube is kind of funny. And I always like, I think I always say with anything in the influencer or like social media industry, it's like nobody got to where you think where they are the way you think they did (laughs) because everybody's journey is so different. But I've been on YouTube for probably, oh, probably like six years now. I used to post like music video. I would make my own like really really trash music videos to songs I would record because I wanted to be like on American Idol or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I started doing YouTube. And then I started making more short films. I was inspired by some of my friends who were doing the same thing and I wanted to do what they were doing. So I started kind of getting into more of the artsy film vlog kind of world and I would post things occasionally. And I had one summer before I got into college that I really wanted to be a full-time YouTuber. So I went like balls to the wall, tried to record every week, was doing multiple videos per week. Um, And my account wasn't growing as fast as I wanted because everything takes time. But um, then I got into college and I had zero time to make videos. So uh, if if you watch my old vlogs, you can follow a pattern of like, hey, it's me. It's been a while. It's spring break now, so I can make a vlog again. (laughs) So that happened. And then um, as I was transitioning out of college, getting ready to graduate, I was really unsure about like how I wanted to go about doing more social media. It's like I wanted to do Instagram still, but I didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket. But I told myself, I was like, YouTube is too time consuming. I just don't want to do it anymore. And so um, I was like really unsure about what I was going to do. And then I randomly had one of my videos that I made. It was a a room tour video or an apartment tour video that I had made of my Portland apartment. Um, Started getting suggested on the YouTube page, like for you page or the recommended page. And um, it got like 200,000 views in the span of a week. Oh my gosh. 200,000? 200,000. That's so great. You you hit the algorithm um, like pot right there. Yeah, I, I never used to check my analytics. And one night I was in bed and I was just looking at my analytics and I was like, what is happening right now? Um, it was crazy. And it was a video I had posted like nine months ago, which was even more bizarre oh, to me. But wow. I mean, it's, it's kind of how the algorithm works sometimes. If people just start seeing more of like, they'll start watching more of it. They'll start sharing it more. And it just, it was wild. So I was able to accumulate, like, I think I got up to 14,000 subscribers from like having like 4,000 in like a week. Oh, wow. And um, instantly, like all of my partnership inquiries that have been getting switched from Instagram to YouTube. And I was like, whoa, this is like a highly monetizable platform. And I don't do my work all for the money, but it was the coolest thing being able to be like, oh, so now I have two platforms that I can monetize. And um, I started to kind of regroup and I was like, well, now I have the opportunity to add YouTube back into my life. And I didn't, obviously didn't do it just for the money, but I was like, this can be beneficial to me now, um, creatively and monetarily. So I started to make more videos and that's kind of how things started picking up again. And I'm constantly like regrouping and trying to figure out how I want to portray my life on there. But I love doing more 
um, I, I do a lot of vlogs on there right now and a lot of minimalist, uh, mindful lifestyle videos, I think, because, um, I love my Instagram and it will always be like my OG platform, but I think I love YouTube in the way that I'm able to be a little bit more real. And I love being able to chat with my community and do more realistic like views of my life rather than just all of the pretty pictures that you can post on Instagram. So, um, it's been really fun to document my process, you know, moving to New York and decorating my apartment and just creating little minimalist lifestyle videos, some travel vlogs. And it's really opened up a new avenue of creativity that I kind of locked out for a while while I was in school and it's been really fulfilling. So, um, in the future, I'm hoping to make more like fashion videos. I really need to get back in like a regular game of like posting more fashion stuff Mm -hmm. because it's something I really enjoy and, um, more like lifestyle and continuing doing vlogs. But I think that's kind of been my little niche, like, um, minimalist, well, like mindful lifestyle and then, um, like fashion and living. So, Yeah. yeah. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I'm curious. Okay. How do you stay consistent on YouTube? I know you mentioned that was a struggle in your previous times when you started, but how do you maintain that consistency now? And then I guess also how long does it take you to edit? Cause I've seen your videos and they're just so thoughtful and clearly well edited. So I'm really curious for myself, like how, how do you do both stay consistent and I guess uh, have the patience for all the editing? Yeah, it's, it's, it takes a lot of organization, I think, but once you get into flow, I'm really grateful to have a lot of time now in my daily work lifestyle where I, um, you know, it's a large part of my bread and butter. So I, I forcibly need to schedule time out for it, which is something I've never had before. And I don't take for granted one bit, but I usually will try to plan one day per week to film a video, or if I do a vlog, I'll film it over a weekend Mm. or something. But um, I have a board on my Trello organizer of like a whole bunch of like a bank of video ideas that I could make that um, I can just pull from if I'm missing ideas for the week. Mm. Uh, or I'll look at what my events are for the next month and kind of plan out what I want to document and then what kind of sit down videos I want to make. But usually I'll try to film on like one day per week and then I will edit on another day or over the course of two days. But it usually takes me about... um probably like six to eight hour, maybe like four to six hours total to edit and post a video. I've been trying to get into a better flow and I feel like sometimes I'll do like a creative like rebrand with my videos. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly trying to just better my skills. And so when I'm doing that, it takes me a lot longer because I'm having to gather more inspiration things. But when I'm in a flow, I can get a video out in like five hours probably. Um, But yeah, I try to have like one or two days per week where I do content creation, where I shoot all my photos and I do all of my video creation. And then all the rest of the time I'm editing and answering emails and negotiating and doing contracts and stuff. So um, it's, it takes a lot of organization, but I think it has been also very 
fulfilling and I'm able to lead a very balanced lifestyle with having to. So yeah. Wow. That's super amazing. So do you kind of like batch your time then in a sense? Because it sounds like you mentioned you like pick a specific day or days to film, edit, whatever that may be. Yeah. I love batching my content. I'm definitely somebody who likes having like computer days and then like shooting days because I, you know, if I want to wear makeup for a shoot, I'll have to get ready for a little bit longer. And then, you know, most days I just enjoy wearing no makeup. So, uh-huh. um, but um, yeah, so I'll usually look at my calendar and like what my plans are for the week and I'll go, you know, Tuesdays, Thursdays this week, I'm going to shoot this Instagram photo and I'm going to shoot this many brand campaigns. And then on Thursday, I'm going to shoot this video and edit it. And usually I'll have like everything planned out, but I try to schedule it out so that there's a little bit of something every day and not like overwhelming myself with too many projects. Mm -hmm. So I'll usually do like all of my shooting on on, like one or two days and then mostly editing other days. So I can just wake up and throw on my sweatshirt and do all my editing for the day. So um, that's like an ideal schedule for me, but it depends on really what I have going on for the week. I have a lot of things that sometimes just come up. So Mm -hmm. Some days I'm honestly up till 11 or 12 a.m. just trying to edit a video, but I try not to do that very often. I try to, you know, work between like 8 and 6 p.m. just so I can have a like a work lifestyle, I guess. But, um, <laughs> it's it's uh, most days I could say I'm pretty good about sticking to that schedule, but it just depends on the week and it's kind of the beauty and the curse of this industry, this career is like you have so much flexibility that sometimes it gets out of hand, but I, I try to stay pretty organized so that I can lead a pretty balanced lifestyle. Right, so right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm sure that's pretty hectic. And then you also balance that as well with your Instagram content. Right. And then I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I might've saw this on your story before, but do you, do you still, or maybe only previously did like freelancing or like social media management or something of that nature for clients? Yeah. So I actually do a marketing job part-time for a family member who is an author right now. I'm doing, uh, I'm kind of working as her book marketing manager Mm -hmm. and it's been really fun. And so that's been a little bit of a, it's like my little like side job slash little safety net while I'm still building, you know, I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm not bringing in a massive amount of income, but it's been just enough to live a very comfortable lifestyle here. And so it's nice to have a little something that's like very much outside of what I do so I can have a little separation and just a little bit of like uh, a break from my regular creative brain stuff. So um, I've really loved doing it. You know, it's something that I would love to, I would love to do what I do like Instagram and YouTube and social media full time eventually, but it's been really nice. And I'm really grateful to have people that are investing in me and um, allowing me to build my career while I'm working with them. So wow, yeah. that's super awesome. Do you, do you recommend that for those who are building up as well Is like, cause I feel like that's sometimes kind of, I guess you could say like put under the rug in a sense for a lot of creators where most people don't know that they're also working another corporate job or in your case, like a part-time job. I mean, I'm in the same boat as well. I mean, I do content creation and whatnot. Um, I have my own business, but also still have a corporate job. So do you feel like that's something that's not spoken about as much and something that you do feel like is needed in in some cases because I as both of us probably know it's very glamorous when we look at people's Instagram and see their beautiful aesthetic content and we're like wow like we wish we could do that full time but then we actually don't know most of the time that they do have something part-time going on as well whether that's a corporate job or you know something like yours yeah exactly I think it's very much unspoken of online and it should be way more and 
I think that people, and I'm victim of this myself, it's like, it's really easy to kind of feel not embarrassed, but just not comfortable sharing what you do on the side because it's not what you want everybody to think you do. But I think that a lot more people than you think are working a lot more jobs than you think they are (laughs) and they're getting their money from many different places than you probably don't see online. And I think that I've really tried to open up and be more transparent about that because especially uh, connecting with so many people within my age group and younger than me, um, it's important to be really realistic. And it's like, I have had a really slow process with building my career and I'm finally after like four years of full throttling this or like, you know, as I've been in school, like part-timing it, but, um, being at a point where I can support myself and it's taken a lot, a lot of work and I'm not even where, you know, I will be, I would hope to be in five years or even six months from now. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think that it, it depends on the person in terms of, you know, if you're able to be full-time and freelancing and you enjoy it, good for you. You know, I have blogger friends that did full-time blogging, but now they have corporate jobs or they have media jobs and they also do blogging because they just really needed the human aspect of working with other people Mm -hmm. and serving another company. And it really depends on your personality. I think a lot of my friends really enjoy working for other people and some of my friends don't. And I am somebody who definitely really, really love working for myself. It's something that brings me so much joy. And I feel like I do my best work when I'm doing things that are, um, within my, my favorite like realm. And it's obviously not, you know, it's a very much a privilege to be able to do that. But, um, I think that there's so many people that really enjoy working with others and for others as well. So if, you know, it's important to find a good balance of being able to bring in, I think it's important to be able to bring in income, whether, however that may be while you're building your career, rather than just trying to, you know, scrape by and build something, you know, it's, I, I have had to take a lot of realistic perspectives as I've been building this. And when I was in college, I took a couple of months what, as when I first got into college and tried to dream that I could go full throttle with it overnight and it's just not working. And I had to take a step back and I was like, you know what, I have to add something else in here and work alongside so that I can make money and build because everything takes time. So, you know, I got a job at Starbucks and I worked with a design agency and I've done like so many side jobs and I'm still doing part-time, you know, freelance work and it's, it's slowly transitioning itself away from me, but it's, um, I think it's important just to be realistic and remind yourself that it's like, it's okay to do work. That's not what Instagram needs to see, or it's okay. You know, even if it is, you know, if that makes sense, but, um, I think people need to be way more transparent about work and income because it allows for so much more relatability and comfortability within like the conversations that we can have online. So, um, yeah, I try to be, I try to like on my stories, I'll post, you know, today I'm taking care of some client work in the morning Mm -hmm. and then I've got all my content creation in the afternoon or just always trying to remind people that, um, I'm still building and, you know, we're still, still creating things and making time for everything that we like, but yeah. How do you stay organized with your, obviously your own content creation and your freelance work, but then on top of your part-time job, do you have any recommendations with, you know, do you use Google calendar or your own kind of planner? How do you, um, I just plan out your week and your day and then maintain the consistency for all of that. Yeah, I, um, 
I'm very, I'm an extremely organized person. It's some, it brings me so much joy to have like lists and things. Mm-hmm. I mainly for all of my like big business tasks, I've been loving using Trello, which is just a free online uh, organization platform. I've heard that this program called Notion is also very similar and maybe a little bit more aesthetically pleasing and I need to transition mm-hmm. maybe to that soon. But I've loved Trello. You can just have boards of uh, different subjects and like lists of things. So for my personal business board, I have like upcoming partnerships and then I have a board for like payments that need to be fulfilled, um, invoices I need to send out things I need to shoot this week. And then I have a list of like on under each of those boards, like all of the projects so that if I'm ever feeling a little bit unorganized, I just open up that board and I have everything that's on my plate, like right there for me. Um, And I have another Trello like station for my client work as well. So I have a whole, my month planned out for what I need to get done for her. And then I am able to pull from that list and add to my weekly task list. So I love having like all of my big tasks in Trello to see kind of right in front of me. And then I also have Google calendar that I use for any scheduled posts that need to go up, any client meetings I have, any, you know, I put all my copy dates in there, all of my shoot days, you know, today I need to shoot this video and then I'm going to edit it on this day just so I can open it up in the morning and have a visual of like what's going on and um, how I can schedule my week. And then on top of that, I also use my notes on my phone um, and every day I'll make a to-do list of just basic tasks. Like I'll add all my work tasks in, as well as like do laundry and, you know, read your book for 15 minutes and just like, it's very, very detailed, but it just helps me stay on task. And, um, if I'm ever in a lull or I need like a little motivation, I just go to my list and make sure that I'm staying on task. And, you know, obviously not every day is the perfect day and I don't knock out everything on my list all the time, but it's really helpful to be able to see everything in front of me. Um, but with that said, usually in terms of like scheduling, I will like wake up and I try to do all my client work in the mornings or just find a two hour gap or however many hours I need in every day to get my client work done just all in one batch mm-hmm. so that I can have a free and clear mind to get all my creative stuff done before or after, because I feel like if I let it linger on or do it in batches throughout the day, it really prohibits my mind from like being most creative and doing the work that I, um, that I do for my Instagram and stuff. So it's been really good just to have like little batches of things as I go. So, right. And then you, you talk about doing most of your client work typically in the morning or at least in like a two hour batch time. Do you have any like morning rituals that you do to like kind of kick off your day and to make sure you're kind of like in the good mindset or do you kind of just jump into work for the most part? I'll be honest and say I usually will jump into work, but it's, I've been really, really focusing lately on like waking up and making breakfast. And then I will try to spend 15 to 20 minutes reading a book. Um, and it's been really helpful for me, especially now that I've been working from home and like managing my own schedule full time to remind myself that I have time to read Mm -hmm. and I have time to like do things for myself because I, Uh, I get a lot of anxiety sometimes about not like starting work or opening my email inbox like first thing in the morning. And so by forcing myself to read or take a walk or do something that's not online first thing in the morning, it really helps me set my, my mind in place and reminds me that like I have time to do this. I deserve time to read. I deserve time to take care of myself or drink my coffee or do whatever. So that has been working its way into being a regular thing, but uh, I will be, I will say that it's usually just, I wake up and get ready and then start work first thing. But 
um, I recommend reading. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the transparency, but like I said, I enjoy watching your stories. And so I always love kind of getting a glimpse of how you start your day, even with your um, reading routine. I've been loving that as well. So I think it's share that um but I do want to really quick before we end things dive into your New York City journey especially for those um who are listening and you know have the curiosity of moving to New York can you share your process obviously it was like completely across the country like nowhere near and I think I saw that you um you were staying at like a friend's place for a month before actually moving yeah apartment so can you share your process and like what it actually was like (laughs) Yeah. So I think this has been the funniest thing to talk about. And I really tried to like unromanticize this as I was documenting my process because it was definitely, I had it a lot easier and a lot smoother than a lot of people. But I think from what a lot of the vlogs and TikTok things you can watch online about people moving, it's like, it's not as pretty as it seems. (laughs) (laughs) I was originally planning to move here with my best friend who was been in the city going to FIT for the last four years. Um, but she ended up getting a job in LA, which I was slightly expecting, but I was prepared for it, but it happened last minute. And so I had to switch gears and I didn't honestly have enough to afford a studio. And I really didn't want to live with anybody. I didn't know. Um, just because I've had bad roommate situations before and I was coming from a, such a wonderful one in Portland. I just didn't want to change that. And my mental clarity is so important to right. me. Uh, especially moving to such a big city. It's like, I I could not handle living with people that I, uh, just did not cohabitate with me. So, um, I did a lot of praying and thinking and I, I had to write New York off for a little while in my mind because it was not something that I could realistically afford, um, in the space that I was in. But I had a friend who lived here reach out to me and follow me again on Instagram after a couple years of not talking. And he was just like, Hey, how are you doing? I hope you're doing well. You should come visit sometime. I miss you. And I was like, no way. I was thinking about moving here, but I'm having to take a little break and save some money. Mm-hmm. He was like, Oh, I have an empty space in my apartment. That's needing to be sublet. If I can't fill the room, you should just come. And I was like, no way. <laughs> and I was like, how much is the room? And he's like, um, he was able to offer it to me at a lower price than it would have been for me to stay in Portland, oh, wow. which was so rare. And it was a blessing from God. I could never have expected something to come up like that, but I was able to get here with my Alaska miles and, uh, everything for like less than it would have been to stay in Portland for another month, which was what my plan was. And so I didn't have much in my savings account. I didn't have much work promised to me, but I knew that this was an opportunity I needed to take because I wouldn't find it otherwise. And so I flew out here on a shoestring budget and I sublet for a month and I saw so many, just so many things clicked the minute I got here with work and just life. And I was able to slowly build up and get into a space where, um, I signed a lease on an apartment and my childhood best friends who I've known for like 10 years have decided to move, um, here as well and I convinced them to get a place with me so we all live together now in a three-bedroom um that I secured and signed while we uh, uh they were uh preparing to move so I moved in September and they came in October so it was a very a very wild process but I think I'm really grateful to have sublet for a month because it really allowed me time to kind of absorb the city and really decide for myself whether it was something I was able to feasibly do and mentally do for a 12 month lease. So 
um, to anybody looking to move here, you know, I would highly recommend getting like a temporary space just to get a feel for things and see how you like it. There's a lot of places on like, um, there's this site called Roomy, I believe, and you're able to look for like temporary situations or there's a lot of really private groups on like Facebook that you can find to find sublets and roommates. And I did a lot of searching for that when I first came out here when I was looking to get my own apartment, but I ended up finding the space and convinced my friends to move here. So um, yeah, I have a very unique situation and it's just kind of wild talking about because it's like not really a process that you can formulate, but, um, I would say it, it was a leap of faith, but it was something that I was really excited to do and it's taken a lot of work, but everything has worked out so well. And I'm really, really grateful for how everything has panned out. So <laughs> that's so awesome that your experience, you know, I mean, the timing, it sounds like timing had a huge play into it with you know, that friend reaching out and then just kind of that spur of the opportunity with that sublet, right? I mean, I feel like that was, yeah, I don't want to say like fate, but in a sense, like, it's just like, wow, magical timing. <laughs> it was really amazing timing. Like it could not have been more perfect. So I'm, I'm so grateful. Just like, I try to use it as an encouragement to anybody. It's like, if you find an opportunity that kind of presents itself, you just got to take it. Like sometimes you just got to take a leap. I didn't really have a lot of security coming out here, but it was a leap of faith. And my dad, you know, he was like, you know, you always have a place to bounce back if you need mm. to come back home. And that was always my, my back end thing that I could do, but I was like determined not to go back home. So right. I made a way. How did you, did you have any fe- like, like slight fears or, you know, just like the unknown? I mean, I don't know how well you knew New York beforehand, but like, were you scared of anything on that move? Because that is such like a cross country move and you are packing up and kind of going out there on a whim on your own. Um, was there anything that kind of scared you that you have noticed or reflected that you've been able to get over in the past couple months? Um, I think the most thing I I was scared about was money because it's something that gives me a lot of anxiety to be honest. And, um, I, I knew that, um, it was going to be a bit of a leap of faith coming out here and not having a lot of work promise, but knowing the industry I wanted to be in. So, um, I wasn't scared about the city at all city at all. I had been here, uh, like three times over the last two years. And I have quite a few friends that I've met out here through trips and things that I've done. Um, so I, I had a really nice community coming here, which was really great. And, um, I had my sublet and then I knew that it was going to be fairly easy to find an apartment. I had a lot of friends that helped me apartment hunt, which was great, but I think the most thing I was afraid about was money and every day I would wake up and I I had a lot of anxiety in my first month here because there was so much insecurity with not having a permanent place to stay, not having a lot of work booked, but every day I would just wake up and write down like my affirmations. Like I'm bringing in this much this month and I'm working with brands that I love or I would do, you know, I am not anxious about money because I deserve to have the income that I do and I do quality work and people value what I make and just like singing to myself all these little things that were like very helpful and boosting my confidence and I know that you can't just you know speak things into existence all the time but it was so helpful to just call myself and remind myself that I it's like I need to be here right now and mm-hmm. everything's going to work out and it would just help me it encouraged me to work harder and uh, work smarter and I was able to just slowly see things build. And I know that I, I try not to, I think that the one thing that I 
learned moving here was like, if I feed into my anxieties, they're just going to fulfill themselves more and more and more. So it's like, mm-hmm. if I'm choosing here to stress about money, it's not going to, it's not going to come to me. I'm not going to find any work. So I was like, I think that I have learned to just find a lot of peace in financial stability, especially just being really peaceful about it and trusting myself mm-hmm. and know that I, the work will just come because if I, if I think about it positively and I keep working hard and putting the energy out there, it will just return itself back. So, yeah. I love what you said there, how you write down those affirmations. I think that's actually such a good practice, something that I used to do more frequently. And honestly, what you said right there kind of reminded me that I should do that more because I think there is that weird or magical mind and body connection when you like write that down, yeah. you know? And- when you really kind of put it into the ether and kind of just like affirm yourself and you start to kind of walk the talk in a sense. So I like that you said that because I feel like, I don't know, from what it looks like, it sounds like you're, you're, you're doing pretty well out there. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think so. You know, it's like, you know, it's, I, I live a a quite simple lifestyle, but I'm, I'm so grateful every day just for all the opportunities that I have and I don't take it for granted. So I think just having a positive outlook and as many things as you can is so important. And the energy that you allow yourself to absorb and put out is so reflective of what comes back to you. And I'm just, I think that's so important to just try to keep a positive and grateful lifestyle or like a mindset for everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Because it's just it, the mind and the body are so powerful. The mind is such an amazing thing and it does a lot of things that we're incapable of comprehending. So yeah. One last question and something I ask every guest on the show, um, but what fulfills you in life? That's such a good question. (laughs) I think that I have learned mostly that the people around me fulfill me so much. I have been through quite a few phases in my life where I've tried to convince myself that I like am extremely introverted and I can be self-entertaining and I can just work all the time and not go out with my friends and um, just be very, uh, I don't know what the word is, like very introverted. And I have realized over the past couple of years through a lot of ups and downs that like the people around me are so beneficial and essential to me living my best life and like being my most authentic self. And I think that surrounding myself with people that, that love me and appreciate me and I can also feedback and love and appreciate them has been so fulfilling and helps me just live the most, the best life that I can. I think that the people around me really define the way that I live and I'm really grateful to be surrounded by so many loving humans. So Wow. I resonate with that answer so much. Personally, that's actually my answer as well. It's about the people, the relationships. So I can certainly tell you're on the right track. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm honestly, I I hope everyone definitely checks you out. But with that in mind, where can everyone find you? Obviously on YouTube and Instagram, but share your handles and links and all that. So those can go find you. Yeah. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Miss Dakota Lynn. And then I'm on YouTube at just Dakota Lynn. Um, and I think that's it. I have a blog that I don't post on very often, but that's just DakotaLynn.com. It's always linked to my bio on Instagram. So yeah, I think that's about it though. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I will also link those in the show notes as well. So it's easy awesome. to access, but thank you again, Dakota, for joining me today. It was super fun chatting with you and getting to hear your journey. And hopefully we can maybe connect in person sometime when I'm back in New York. 
Yes, please let me know when you're back. That was, it's been so fun talking to you, Emily. Thank you. That was such a lovely conversation with Dakota. She provided just such great practical insight, in my opinion, on just kind of the build up and slow journey in building a career in any realm that you want, whether that is on social media, online, YouTube, whatever that could be, or even just in your own you know, corporate job, because I think something that a lot of this generation can forget is that everything is a slow process, despite us having many of the easy access, you know, our phones and media and whatnot. It's a little bit more of an instant gratification game for us. And I think many, um, including myself, we can forget that it is a slow process. And in any normal job, it does take a few years to get to a higher position and a higher pay and so forth. So I really enjoyed this conversation. If you did as well, be sure to let us know, um, comment on the latest post, which will be featuring Dakota, of course, and also just send me a DM, send us a DM to let us know what you thought of this conversation. And of course, as always, rate and review the podcast on apple podcasts you guys know how much i appreciate it i love seeing your feedback even if it's constructive of course and with that being said i hope you all enjoy the rest of your week and i will talk to you all next time